0: is the mulberry lane show,
1: mulberry lane show.
0: exclusive interviews fun music
1: celebrities oh yeah,
0: your weekend getaway
1: my, my now
0: here's mulberry lane rachel beau and ellie cat
2: be a part of the family. Hey, it's Allie here with your radio sisters, Rachel and Belle. Another weekend, another episode of the Mulberry Ailing Show. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, guys. So happy you're here to share this next hour with us. We've got some music,
3: books. What else we have, Allie? A country music legend. Yes. So sounds like a show to me. Buckle those seatbelts.
2: Here we go. <laughs> The Mulberry Lane show's on Celebrity story songs You're gonna have it going on When we tell you who's stopping by now Well, first
3: up, country music legend, Charlie Pride Here's
4: an angel, good morning And like the devil when you get back home
3: From a baseball career in the early segregated days of baseball, where his pay was just a few dollars per game, to the top of the country music charts, the Country Music Hall of Fame, not to mention one of the current owners of the Texas Rangers, Charlie Pride tells the story of overcoming adversity, trusting his musical and people instincts, and his continued love for his fans. You're going to really dig this guy. Mm -hmm. Get ready. Okay, Rachel, who else? Well, in case you didn't know, millions of people earlier this week read the same book for an annual event called Read for the Record. This is sponsored by Jumpstart. Today you're going to meet Liz Wong, whose book, Quackers, was the book chosen for this read. She's going to tell you what inspired her kids' book about inclusiveness and why personally in her
2: life she's half duck and half cat. (laughs) Yes, Liz Wong is a charming author and you're going to really enjoy her. Absolutely. Who else, Allie? Okay, well then you're going to meet Zach Ward. Now Zach played the bully, Scott Farkas, in the classic film, A Christmas Story. And you can meet Zach when he comes through town November 10th at the Jocelyn Art Museum. This is part of the 41st tribute to classic films. It's a screening of the 1983 comedy classic, A Christmas Story. Film historian Bruce Crawford brings these films to the heartland every year. And this one's gonna be a real treat. Zach Ward and another star from the film will be talking about the film, signing autographs. You can watch the film and really crawl inside A Christmas Story. So if this is one of your favorite Christmas classics, You got to be there. November 10th, you can get tickets in Omaha at Hy-Vee stores. And if you're one of our out-of-town listeners, you can call 402-932-7200 to get tickets this way as well. Yes, and Zach's going to tell you about
3: what he's been up to since that film. And he's got some pretty insightful things. He even has some thoughts on Harvey Weinstein. Yes, so you don't want to miss this interview. Okay, girls, who wraps up the show today? You guys are going to meet Nate Collier. He's the head of the culinary program at La Crusée, and guys, if you want some French cooking boiled down to just the essentials, making it very easy for you, you want to pick up the new cookbook called La Crusée. Now, these are authentic French recipes, but they're very user-friendly, and so there's everything for the beginning cook to the more advanced cook, and he has some tips for your holiday turkey,
2: which I love. I'm totally going to use this. Okay, Rachel, well, you're the one making the turkey, so I'm glad you got this advice. I hope it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, fun show today.
3: Yes, and uh, I had one of those bad mommy moments this week. You
2: did? you got to tell us about it.
3: <laughs> well, last weekend we had some free time, and so I took the kids to the Humane Society to just look at the animals and, you know, look at the dogs and the cats. And I've gone down that rabbit
2: hole before, Rachel. <laughs> you
3: don't know how appropriate that comment just was. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. So my daughter Willow falls in love with this very fluffy bunny.
2: Oh, no way. Yes. <laughs>
3: So this little bunny is named Coconut it's a one year old male and you know she wants this bunny more than anything well I did happen to usher us out of there before we came home with it okay. but that's all she could talk about you know since Coconut. we left and I kept telling her well you know maybe we can go back and look at him again and you know just kind of putting off then finally she's like when are we going to go back and get Coconut so I said well you know what let's go see if he's still there and in my heart of hearts I'm just thinking I hope he's gone I hope yeah, he's gone yeah because
2: you have cats at home too two
3: cats at home a dog. So the chance of survival for this bunny rabbit is not very good. <laughs> yeah. So we return to the humane society and this is where Bad Mommy comes in. Oh no. The cage is gone, she's broken hearted and she turns to me and says, "Mommy, Coconut's gone." And you know, for the life of me, I was trying to be sympathetic, but I couldn't not smile because I was so glad this bunny was already adopted. <laughs> and you know, she saw right through that and she's like, "Mommy, you don't feel bad." And I'm like, "Well, I know how much you wanted it, but" I I just couldn't take this on right now so she was sulking the rest of the night but i just couldn't stop smiling i was so glad that rabbit was <laughs> I'm gone i'm sure you were
2: well at least fate helped you out a little bit right now. and i'm
3: not going down that rabbit hole again Allie. i told you so <laughs> well we've got a great interview coming up for you with country music legend charlie pride stay right there we'll be right back here on the mulberry
2: lane show brought to you by Braddock finnegan at dermatology stay right here with us Woo.
0: celebrities on your radio station back to the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane
3: well he's got three grammys over 36 chart-topping country hits and some of his awards include cma entertainer of
2: the year and male vocalist of the year and Rachel, not to mention he's also a 1993 inductee in the Grand Ole Opry and a 2000 inductee into the Country Music Hall of Fame. So, who is he? He's country music legend and trailblazer Charlie Pride, here to
3: chat about celebrating 50 years as a recording artist in the music industry.
2: Country music and a 50 year ride. Today you'll meet Charlie
3: Pride.
5: <laughs> Thank you.
3: Now you've had so many hits throughout the years so do you think with your hits was it more about feeling the song, knowing the song was a hit or was it the spin that you put on it that you think made well,
5: it? Why? What I've always tried to do when I first came to Nashville, I hadn't been in a studio but one time in my life and okay. uh, and, uh, I was given seven songs when I came to Nashville and I went, they told me to go to Seawood Publishing Company and I was on a show up in uh, Montana with Red Foley and Red Sabine and the promoter let me do a couple of songs on the show and they said man I ain't never seen nothing like it you ought to go to Nashville so I did and of course I was always trying to get in baseball you know. Right. What, uh-huh. doing. what happened is that they gave me seven songs work up, and I came back and Jack Clement took me in the studio on my vacation and we did Snake's crawl at night and I was nervous as a cat on a hot tin roof <laughs> but it, I was so happy the way it came out because I was so nervous I was wondering how it was going to sound and it really was good, and that's uh, just what you hear when you hear it now. And so, that's what got me going. And uh, to answer your question, I didn't want "Snake Night" to be my first single. I wanted just between you and me. Okay. Because of the seven, that's the one I like the most. So I used that as my measuring stick. That from now on, whatever song somebody bring me a song. Or, Pitch me a song, or something like that. I must make sure that I like it. Okay. And and that's been my measuring stick.
3: That song, because once that song kind of hit it, you knew that that was what works for you.
5: Yeah, it did work. I I, I use that. I said, okay, if I don't like it, then I got to make level with myself. Do you like this in your own mind when you hear something? You see mm-hmm. how much you like this one above that one. That's the way I've operated. No, when still you do it.
3: when you heard "Kiss an Angel," "Good Morning," did I that? Couldn't
5: work? wait to couldn't wait to get in the studio and okay. I heard, and I, didn't, I had no idea it would do what it did, but that's one song of all the ones that I listened to, including uh, Just Between You and Me. I could not wait to get in the studio. just to, I liked it so much. So
3: you had a feeling about that one, too?
5: Yes, ma'am.
3: You're listening to The Mulberry Lane Show, featuring country music legend and trailblazer Charlie Pride, celebrating 50 years in the music industry. You mentioned you had a baseball career. Was that a struggle for you to decide which way to go, the music or the sports?
5: No, once you get a certain age, they tell you to go. Okay. Back then, see, they didn't have but 16 clubs in the major leagues. I'm not a baby, you know. So. <laughs> but back then, they wanted you 18 years old and ready to go to the majors if they could every time they okay. looked at a player. So everybody wasn't as good as Johnny Bench went when he, I think he was about 18 and 19. Now, you got 30-some clubs.
1: Right.
5: When I was playing, you couldn't go to the major leagues hitting what I call a New York carrier code, 2-1-2, two, two, and then drove in one run, and uh, getting a million-five and in mm-hmm. an arbitration to get another half million. Yeah. So. When I played in the Old Negro League, I'd get $2 a day eat money in 100 a month. That was wow. my salary. Mm. But I loved it because I didn't have no wife or nothing. Just me, I'm better than picking cotton.
3: <laughs> Knowing kind of the sports world and then the music industry, are there ways that they're similar or ways that they're different?
5: This was my intention. See, the goal of the Major League, when I saw Jackie Robinson go to the Major League, I said, here's my chance out of the cotton field. So my dream was to go to the Major League, break all the records there and set new ones by the time I was... 35, 36, and then sang. So okay. People tell me I had a pretty good voice back then, but see, I figure if I could do that, I mean, I'm, I really have a record, you know. Now, ended up in the Country Music Hall of Fame, boy, I could have been to Cooperstown Hall of Fame, would have been something. That's, that might not have been me, nobody else to pull that off. Yes. Especially, especially with the pigmentation I got here. So. <laughs>
3: so now, did you feel a sense of destiny about yourself early on?
5: Yeah, I am sorter. I would like to use more than the divine intervention. Okay. Uh, Certain things, Uh, being not completely on that either, but certain parts of both of those I think is possible.
3: You became one of the owners of the Texas Rangers in 2010, and you work out with the team every year. Yes. So what do you do?
5: Well, here's the deal I tell people. We got two billionaires, and they got us little folks, about another 15 bucks, a little small piece, say. Like, i would be sitting in the owner's box up there now. I still keep my old tickets near the duck out. I I never gave them back. I still pay for them, and... uh, we got the owner's box up there What we have. Okay. But the thing is, is I'd be sitting in the owner's box, and i said, "Damn, be quiet, and I'd be quiet. Now, don't be talking, but honey, I played the game. I don't care. <laughs> and, 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 you, you know, you see what should have been done or something right. like that. Uh-huh. Now, I'm going to give you a clear example. Okay. Ray, Ray Davis and Bob Simpson, they're the two billionaires. I went up to him. I said, we had three first placements. I said, Ray, we got three first placements. we got Smoke. And we got Mitch Moreland, and we got Chris Davis. I said now all the three. Chris Davis is the best of the three. Mm-hmm. I said, good. I-, I love Mitch Moreland. He'd be both from the same home state of Mississippi. I said, oh, He's still with us, by the way. But Smoke okay. went over to Seattle. I said, let him go to Smith Seattle. Now he's with uh, with Toronto. But after I said that, next thing here he goes to Baltimore. Next year, I said, oh, what did I tell you this number a moment ago? All we got to do is get him hit. Guess how many home runs he hit the next year when okay. they send him over there to Baltimore? How many? 53. Mm. Now, I, I, see, I don't know nothing, but I'm a believer, you see. It's going to take me long to look at a horseshoe, especially if it's hot. I'll drop it in a minute. Okay. So that's all I do. I go to spring training. I, they love having me be in there. See, a lot of baseball players, especially, are very superstitious.
1: Okay.
5: If I ain't there, they'll say, where's Charlie?
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah.
5: when, when I get there, they'll say, well, spring training has started now. So uh, now it's time. So do
2: be. you feel like you have kind of the same gift for reading baseball players as you do for finding hit songs yeah yeah It's like you have a instinct.
5: I'm not gonna brag now yeah. but that was it right there Mitch Morley there
3: you too. go and then just before we let you go in 50 okay. years what's the highlight would you say of your career
5: just all these fans that still love me that's my highlight
2: Aww. I'm sure they love to hear you say that
5: oh then I'll say to all those fans that we love one another <laughs>
2: yeah that's, that's wonderful okay. Okay, okay thank you Charlie all
5: right take care
2: Country music legend, Charlie Pride here on the Mulberry Lane Show. Something good for your heart. When we come back, it's something good for the kid in you. It's children's book author, Liz Wong. You're going to find out why millions of people read her book this past week. Keep it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology.
4: Biggest single I ever had, right? Whatever I chance to meet friends on the street, thank you, they wonder how does a man get to be this way, always got a smiling face, and anytime and any place, and every time they ask me why, I just smile and say, cause well, you've got to kiss an angel good morning, when you're gone Kiss an angel good morning And love her like the devil When you get back home
0: We've got you covered The Mulberry Lane Show Now, here's Mulberry Lane
3: Thanks for keeping it here On the Mulberry Lane Show Brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology well, earlier this week, October 19th, was the 11th annual Jump Starts Read for the Record, which had, get this, millions of people, young and old, reading the same book on that day. Now, this year's book is Liz Wong's Quackers, a charming read about inclusiveness. Now, Liz is here right now to tell you about the book, how it came to be chosen for the Read for the Record event, and how you can get involved in this annual
6: event. Quackers, a duck and a cat. Liz Wong talks about that. Thank you so much for having me. I've never
3: been sung to before. (laughs) Well, we're glad we could be the first ones. So now, first you have to tell us, what inspired the book, Quackers?
6: Well, uh, Quackers came about because I one day drew a picture of a cat, and I just thought it would be funny if the text said that it was a duck. Okay. I love those picture books where the text and the words are saying something different, and it causes that strange sort of tension. Okay. But then I had to come up with a story. So I started to think about, you were a cat that lived amongst ducks and didn't realize that you're not a duck, but you clearly don't fit in. Okay. You have little identity crisis we learns that he is in fact a cat and then comes to realize that he can be both a cat and a duck he doesn't need to choose
3: and both the cats and the ducks include him
6: yes they're all uh, loving and tolerant of his differences uh-huh so now when crackers was chosen as the read for the record
3: book this year What was your reaction? How did you find out?
6: I found out because I was in New York for a conference of children's writers and illustrators. I went to lunch with my editor, and she told me then that it had been chosen for Read for the Record. So then I went back to my hotel room and and read about Read for the Record and just was absolutely stunned. Did, Did you jump on the bed? <laughs> I don't think I jumped on the bed, but I definitely <laughs> called my family and then immediately started crying.
3: Okay. Oh, that's great. So now what does this mean for you as a writer and, and your writing career?
6: First of all, it's given me hope that I can have a career that okay. um, yeah, I never expected this many people to read my book or have this much attention and it's really wonderful. And then also, when you're an author and an illustrator, you spend a lot of time alone kind of thinking about yourself uh-huh. and you sometimes feel like what you're doing is not that important because I'm sitting around drawing cats and ducks all day. <laughs> um, but now i feel like i'm part of something that's larger and part of something that's really important and that maybe my book will make a difference for a kid and that's really wonderful and touching Uh uh-huh
3: and gratifying for you children's book author and illustrator liz Wong here on the mulberry lane show now you are the artist in your family and most everyone else in your family has sensible careers like finance so what advice do you have for that person who's in a similar situation wanting to follow their creative muse, but, you know, if you come from a family who values stability, how did you navigate that mentally?
6: Well, luckily, although all my family are science and math people, they also are a little bit weird and artsy in yeah. their own ways <laughs> so they were very supportive but I did go through a lot of times where I thought I should go into science and get some sort of more sensible business career get a real job yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, it took a long time for me to kind of accept that being an author and an illustrator could be a, a career that you could pursue so, I have so, a feeling
3: you're part duck and part cat yourself
6: I am. I am definitely. (laughs) This is my story for sure. And then what's the next project for you? Next, I'm working on another picture book with the same publisher, and it's called The Goose Egg. It's similar thematically in that it's about an elephant who becomes an accidental parent to a goose, more from the parent's perspective. Okay. And
3: then how can people get involved in Read for the Record looking forward from here?
6: Well, Jumpstart has a website, jstart.org. They also have a website, readfortherecord.org. So on their website, you can learn more about their organization and how to participate in Read for the Record in future years. Okay.
3: Well, we want to thank you so much, Liz, for joining the show. Charming book. Fun to talk with you. And when the next book comes out, you'll have to join us again. Thank you so much for having me.
2: That was children's book author Liz Wong. Her book, Quackers, was chosen as this year's book for JumpStart's Read for the Record. When we come back, you're going to meet Zach Ward. He starred in the classic movie A Christmas story and he's coming to the heartland for a special film event keep it here on the mulberry lane show brought to you by braddock finnegan
0: dermatology music arts and lifestyle back to the mulberry lane show now here's mulberry lane
3: Well here's an idea to kick off your holidays. The 41st annual tribute to classic films will be November 10th at Jocelyn Art Museum in Omaha and it features the holiday classic, A Christmas Story. Now one of the special guests coming to the event joins your weekend now. It's Zach Ward who played the bully, Scott Farkas. Now he's here to let you know what you can expect
2: if you go. Welcome, welcome
7: to the show,
2: Zach
7: Ward. <laughs> That's fantastic. Thank you, ladies.
2: Great to have you with us.
7: Oh, uh, my pleasure. My pleasure.
3: Okay, so now you got to tell us about the filming of this. How old were you when you played
7: Scott yeah, Farkas? Yeah, when I was Scott Farkas, I was 13 years old. So that was, let me see, um, like <laughs> 10 years ago? 10 years ago? Yeah, years? just outright. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, you um, actually
3: were cast originally, or you thought you were going to play another part, right?
7: Well, yes, kind of. The character I played remained the same, but the role changed. And what I mean is, I auditioned for the film. It was against like two, three hundred other kids. What we call a cattle call. So it went from like three hundred, two hundred, one hundred, fifty, ten. I got the job. Wow. And I was auditioning on camera on this brand new invention called a VHS, okay. which was. All the rage at the time. I'm noticing I'm becoming my own grandpa right now. Uh, So I get the job. I go to set. I get in wardrobe. I meet the guy who plays Grover Dill. They walk me on the set, and I meet the director, Bob Clark, for the very first time. Because I've auditioned on video, and he holds his hand above me, and he goes, Bob, this is your, um, Scott Farkas, and here's your Grover Dill. Well, I'm a foot taller than... Grover Dill. But Bob had never seen us beside each other before, and he goes, oh, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> Alright, you get his lines, he gets yours. So the names of the characters stayed the same, but the words that we spoke changed. Oh. So my role shifted, okay. but the name remained the same. Okay, it was very so complex. Originally particular. you weren't the bully, though. Right. Originally I was the sidekick. You right. were correct.
3: Okay, so then, you know, you're 13. Did that freak you out at all, that all of a sudden... You'd be saying different things than you thought? You
7: know what was funny is there was such a sense of camaraderie right away between myself and Yano and Naya. We got along like old chums. Neither of us were jealous or frustrated by the situation. We literally looked at each other and went, okay, that was it. It was so (laughs) simplistic.
2: you got to love that.
7: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Like you said, there was a lot of camaraderie on the set.
7: Yeah, it was really fun. Bob uh, made sure that... Yano and I stayed together and did things together and were separated from the other kids most of the time in order to sort of uh, create a natural sense of competition Okay. so that there was an organic dynamic of me. Well, maybe I'm a little bit of a bully, uh, but (laughs) the little kid who played the younger brother, Randy, he was a little bit intimidated by me because he didn't know me. Right. So, yeah.
2: Uh-huh. That was a smart decision to keep you guys separated. So, yeah. So yeah, then, yeah, he was a
7: great now, director.
3: As far as playing the bully, did that come naturally for you? Was it fun for you? And then when you were done filming, did your mom have to say, now you've got to quit being the bully?
7: <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, actually, I went to eight different schools before junior high. And I was a new kid in eight different schools with red hair named Zach and a miniature poodle named Tinkerbell. (laughs) So, uh, I know, yeah. In in Canada, where hockey was a thing and I didn't play hockey, uh, son of a single-parent family, and then my miniature poodle was stealing the puck off the ice. And, yeah. So, (laughs) you have to put it in perspective, ladies. When I was a little kid, the only famous superhero that had red hair was Peter Pan. Right. So, I looked at the Peter Pan, and Peter Pan's sidekick is... Tinkerbell. There you go. So to me, it made sense. I just wish my mother had, had the forethought to say, Tinkerbell's a wonderful middle name. Why don't we name the dog Magnum P.I. for a first name, and then maybe you won't get beat up so much. Right. But that didn't happen. Yeah.
3: Okay. So did you tap in to the bullies you knew to play?
7: I did. I mocked them. I okay. mocked them uh, for what I thought of them. Yeah, I belittled them as best as I could.
3: Okay. And then I have to ask again, when you were done with the role, did those bully tendencies carry over into your life? No.
7: No, I was never a bully in real life. Okay. Never was, never have been. No,
3: no. Okay. So now you're going to be speaking before the event on November 10th at Jocelyn Art Museum. So how often do you speak about your experiences with A Christmas Story?
7: Oh, with the Christmas story and other films, pretty much all the time. I mean, it's usually busy around September through December for me doing speaking events or conventions or charity fundraisers.
2: Okay, how fun. Well, you're listening to The Mulberry Lane Show, and right now we're talking with actor Zach Ward. Now, when he was a kid, he played the bully Scut Farkas in the classic film A Christmas Story. Tickets are on sale right now for the screening of A Christmas Story on November 10th in Omaha at the Jocelyn Art Museum. You can get tickets at Omaha High V stores. And if you live outside Omaha, you can call 402-932-7200 for tickets. Now, you have a production company.
7: I do.
3: What are you doing with that, and what inspired you to start that?
7: Well, let's see. I think I'll answer the second question first. Okay. I came up with a term, and what it is is great movies are inspirational. Bad movies are motivational, because whenever you see something bad, you think, eh, I could do better than that. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Right. And I've been in a lot of movies over my career, and I've watched people on set who are brilliant, and I've watched people who are horrible. Uh And I got to a point in my life where I realized, gosh, I know this stuff better than these guys. Why am I listening to this idiot? So <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I started writing scripts and producing movies and directing them, and one of the things that I love doing. So I opened Grit Filmworks and okay. I produced three feature films Don't Blink with Brian Austin Green and Mina Savari, uh, Restoration, I'm in uh, uh, Emily O'Hara. Um, and I directed that one as well. And another movie called Bethany, starring Shannon Doherty and myself, that I produced. So those are all out. Um, and I'm writing a series right now that goes into production in December. And I'm very excited about
3: awesome. Okay, so now that we've got you on the phone, what are your thoughts about Harvey Weinstein and Hollywood and everything that's going down?
7: You know, that is a landmine, isn't it? I mean, when somebody acts like that, it's really sad. Yeah. It's just really sad, and it, it brings to mind the old saying, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely.
1: And yeah.
3: There's just too much absolute power in Hollywood.
7: Yeah, and it's like, I'm wondering when the next telltale will come out about um, all the guys who did that to other guys. Right. Because I, I know of many... Very famous celebrities in Hollywood, gentlemen, who've done that to young gentlemen actors. Right. And those gentlemen actors made that decision that that's what they wanted, and that's what they got. Right. And they're very famous people with giant houses and huge mansions, and they made that decision. So mm-hmm. it's yeah. sad when, that's, when that happens in so many ways. And
2: what, what do you think it is that keeps people quiet and not telling who these people are?
7: Uh, desire. They want something. I mean, this wasn't done over burritos at Taco Bell. Yeah, this, or a cheeseburger and fries. This was uh, done with relationships to people who garnered them Academy Awards. Right, right, and and how many feature films? Over and over and over and over. Yeah, and that's the thing is like with absolute power comes absolute responsibility or absolute corruption. Right. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, now, mm-hmm. nobody's perfect, yep. but uh, what he's done is. Uh, Really gross.
3: All you can say is it's just a very sad thing that has happened. You know, these are people you look up to and admire for their talent, and then you find out about, you know, the other side of things, and it it is, it's just, it
2: just is sad. Yeah, yeah. And to close things out, what do you think it is about a Christmas story that resonates so much with people every single year?
7: I think what Bob Clark, the director, and Gene Shepherd. Uh, the writer did uh, was make a perfect movie to me it's very similar to the shawshank redemption but christmas okay um there's something classy about every shot and if those people are listening get a chance this christmas to watch the movie again there's something very interesting you'll notice that the whole movie is shot from the perspective of ralphie and bob clark can even cut away parts of the set flooring so he could have a camera low enough to be exactly at his eye level. Wow. And that changes the whole perspective. And it's amazing because when children watch it, it's their story. Uh-huh. As adults, when you watch it, you remember it being your story. And then when you become parents, you see it through other eyes again. Right. As do yeah. grandparents. And I think that's why it really brings generations together because they can always reflect on the personal touchstone where they were yeah. yeah
2: as a person grows older it changes for them every year yeah, Stage exactly in their
7: life. exactly because it's from the little boy's perspective mm-hmm. but it's narrated from his adult perspective and his father's there with him mm-hmm. yeah I, i've had the luxury when you're doing convention speaking events i have like 75 year old guys walk up and say so where are the kids from a christmas story uh-huh. and i'm like it's Actually us like, oh, It was shot in the 40s I'm like no it took place in the 40s But it was shot in 1983 And the fact that that still connects people wow. It's really amazing That is yeah. cool
3: To have been a part of that Has got to have been really magical oh, for you Yeah, It
7: is it's, it's lightning in a bottle I mean like I enjoyed doing the first Transformers movie That's great But I don't think anybody's going to be watching that in 30 years Right <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're watching it now <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> You know, and it's like 10, 11 years later. I don't think anybody is really that excited over giant fighting robots. You see them all the time. There's nothing timeless about it. Right. I think that's rare.
3: It's timeless. Yes. Well, will you come back when your series is ready to go, and we'll chat again?
7: I would love to. That sounds great.
3: Okay, Zach, great to talk with you. And again, November 10th, Jocelyn Art Museum,
2: annual tribute to Classic Films, A Christmas Story. Thanks, Zach.
7: Thank you, guys. Take care
2: actor, Zach Ward. Now, when he was a kid, he played the bully Scott Farkas in the classic film A Christmas Story. Tickets are on sale right now for the screening of A Christmas Story on November 10th in Omaha at the Jocelyn Art Museum. And both Zach Ward and another star from the film will be in town to speak at this event and also a meet and greet and autograph session for the fans. You can get tickets at Omaha Hy-Vee stores. And if you live outside Omaha, you can call 402 932 7 for tickets. You're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. When we come back, meet Chef Nate Collier. He's going to tell you all about the brand new French cookbook, La Crusade. Get ready for some French cuisine.
0: Music, arts, and lifestyle. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane.
3: Thanks for keeping it here on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by Braddock Finnegan Dermatology. Mmm, French cuisine. Could you attempt it? Intimidated. Well, here to unravel the mysteries of French cooking, Nate Collier. Now he's a Culinary Institute of America trained chef and head of culinary programs in test kitchens for La Creuset. He's here to chat about the just released cookbook, La Creuset, with recipes for your dinner or your upcoming holiday gathering welcome welcome to the show nate collier
8: thanks guys glad to be with you
3: yeah it's great to have you on the show now there's over 80 recipes in this book and it was really created to inspire the regular cook to try french cuisine so give us a recipe that anyone can be successful trying it's not too intimidating
8: Sure, and so it, you're exactly right about the book. We're trying to take French cuisine and just talk about it in a more approachable manner. I think some people are intimidated by it, sometimes for good reason, because some of the recipes are uh, a little bit difficult, but sometimes just because they haven't tried it. And so, you know, we want to talk about French cuisine in that approachable manner, both from humble peasant dishes that we might bring a little bit more into today's taste. And also some of the more intimidating recipes, you know, we want to give you an approachable way to tackle them. So I'll tell you a little bit about a dish that I love, and it's great for the uh, upcoming cold weather. Okay. It's a van mousseau, and I know that sounds intimidating, but really it's just braised chicken. And traditionally a van would be an old rooster that's cooked long and low in red wine to kind of cover up that gamey flavor from the older bird. Okay. And this... What we have is, you know, a fresh chicken. We're just browning it in cast iron with some parsnips to create some beautiful brown flavor. And then instead of red wine, we're going to use sparkling wine to create the cooking liquid in here. You know, you still have a rich, hearty braised chicken dish, but that sparkling wine adds such a nice kind of crisp, fresh flavor to the dish. So you just use a sparkling wine, and this is the key technique. It's called deglazing, but, you know, we talk about it in the book in a more approachable way. It's really just scraping all those delicious, brown, flavorful bits off the bottom of the pan. That's what gives you such a beautiful, rich sauce or stew. And you're going to cook that low and slow, and once you're done, you just finish it by stirring in a little cream fresh and topping it with some fresh dill. And it's so beautiful because it's warm and hearty, but a little bit of a fresher take on a braised stew for the holidays.
3: And it's a lot easier to attempt and to achieve.
8: Absolutely (laughs) right. You don't have to worry about marinating an old rooster in wine for days or anything like that. It's very simple to come together. And I also loved braised dishes like this for the holidays when you're entertaining. Because once they're cooked, they can be held for so long. You don't have to worry about rushing in and out of the kitchen. Okay. They're going to be there and ready for you. And when your guests are ready to eat, I always recommend serving something like that when you're entertaining.
3: Okay, that's a great tip. Now, you're the head of culinary programs and test kitchens for La So now, did you have a say in a lot of the recipes that made it to the book?
8: I did, so I was the lead recipe developer on the book. I developed a little more than half of the recipes and then okay. worked with a few other team members. We had a great team on the book. You know, we really wanted to select recipes that both were a, a true reflection of French cuisine, but also some updated twists on the classics. And, you know, just our favorite recipes from the French table.
3: Okay, and more user-friendly, too. You
8: know, they are user-friendly. You know, these recipes are truly French. There is some French technique. There's something in there for the novice cook, but also for the more experienced cook, which is great. But the voice of the cookbook really is more about your kind of worldly French aunt that is going to tell you the stories and the tips and the secrets behind the dish as opposed to the kind of demanding French chef that's okay. going to tell you exactly how a technique <laughs> is going to be. So, you know, we, we really give you the story behind the dishes, the tips and techniques behind them. You gave uh, it some warmth. Exactly, but they're not necessarily made so simple that we're taking the true nature out of the dish either. Okay, so
3: it's definitely French cuisine. Now cookware and utensils are important, so what should we have in our kitchen to pull off these recipes?
8: We do talk through that a little bit in the book in terms of when you want to use a Dutch oven versus when you want to use a more shallow brazier for something versus when you just need to use a simple sheet pan to cook on. There's a whole section in the beginning about the well-stocked French kitchen and and it's a wonderful part of the cookbook to kind of give you that collection of tools and also pantry ingredients. So different salts, and oils and things like that that you are going to want to have to cook this food as well.
3: Okay, now there's an event this weekend at the La Creuset stores.
8: That's right. You can find more information about the book and our cookware at lecreuset.com, but if you visit our Facebook page, we list all the events that we're having, and it really is just a celebration of this cookbook. There's going to be demos from the book so you can get to see and smell some of these recipes mm. come to life. There's going to be some light bites. There's going to be giveaways from our friends at My Mustard. And uh, you can enter to win a gift basket from D'Artagnan Foods, which will give you so many French ingredients that you can walk home with this cookbook and cook a number of the recipes out of it. It's going to be a great time.
3: Okay, and before we let you go, any tips on holiday turkeys?
8: I like to cook it whole. I cook it a little bit hotter than most people would, so the, the time of the turkeys in the oven is a little bit shorter. Uh, and another tip, if you've got a lot of people coming over, I would stay away from the really big birds and get two smaller ones. They just, they'll just cook faster, they'll be more tender and delicious. Those big birds really take a long time to cook and tend to dry out.
3: That's a great tip. Well, we really appreciate you bringing this cookbook to us, and we're going to give it a try, French cooking.
8: Perfect. Thanks,
3: guys. Okay, Nate. Thank you. That's Nate Collier from La Crusade, introducing the La Crusade cookbook, a great gift. And don't forget to check out the La Crusade outlet at Nebraska Crossing.
2: We want to thank nate collier for stopping by today the head of the culinary programs for la crusade nate thanks for demystifying french cuisine for us and our listeners
3: and i can guarantee our listeners will probably do a better job at french cuisine than we will
2: <laughs> that is a safe bet rachel Nate, thanks for stopping by. Who else do we need to thank, sisters? Well, we got to thank country music legend, Charlie Pride, for stopping by. Not every day do we get a country legend on this show. And with Charlie celebrating over 50 years in the music business, you guys definitely got a treat today, and we did too. Love it. Thanks, Charlie.
3: Okay, Rachel, who else? The charming kids author, Liz Wong, and her book, Quackers. We love it that you're an author, an illustrator, and an all-around cool human.
2: Loved hanging out with you today. We look forward to more of your books and reading them to our kids. And don't forget to check out Jumpstart's Read for the Record, the annual celebration of reading that started in 2006. And finally, a big Christmas story thank you to Zach
3: Ward. You know him from playing the bully Scott Farkas in the classic holiday movie A Christmas Story. He'll be swinging through the heartland November 10th at Jocelyn Art Museum, celebrating
2: 25 years of tribute to classic films. Yes, film historian Bruce Crawford puts this on every year, brings a movie, and stars in to talk about the making of the movie. So a really cool event at the Jocelyn Museum, November tenth. Got to be there. Well, that about wraps up another episode of the Mulberry Lane Show. We will be right here
3: waiting for you guys next weekend. So make sure you tune in and join us. Yes, you
2: can count on your radio sisters. That's right, always here for you. <laughs> Bo, stay happy and stay blessed. Allie, don't forget to be awesome. Rachel, that's a wrap.
1: Yeah. So I take it out on or- And now